You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we made it to a Wednesday. It's hour one. One more day. Thursday, the final day. McLovin walks out the door and we change the combination. Yes, McLovin. Are you really going to change the combination? Because we all have unique combinations. You don't even know mine. Oh, yes, I do. And yes, we will change it. We move on here, McLovin. You move on. We move on. We'll miss you. Promise we'll miss you. I'll miss you guys. For weeks, we will miss you. Plural. Yes. But it took you weeks to remember my name, and that's why you ended up calling me McLovin. So that fits. I'm not going to have anybody sit in your desk for weeks. Just letting you know the back row, when somebody says suck it back row, they're referring to Todd. <laughs> yes, uh, Seaton. But you keep saying weeks. That's not Eric Weeks, our cameraman. Mm. For weeks. Is it? Mm. Tune in tomorrow to find out. Welcome to the program. Got a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll get phone calls here. We'll talk to Jeff Van Gundy from the Mothership. Chris Sims from Pro Football Talk will join us as well. Uh, poll question, play of the day, stat of the day. All of those part of McLovin's responsibilities for the next two days here. Say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app. You get to watch this program and uh, our great radio affiliates around the country. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio lineup, and uh, nearly 400 cities around America. The Seahawks came into this season under a lot of pressure. And a lot of that pressure was applied by Russell Wilson. He was unhappy. He spoke that way a couple of days after the Super Bowl on this program. I don't think that uh, he can be satisfied at all with what he's seen because they're five and nine. They're out of the playoff picture. First losing season he's ever had. Last night, the Rams, they were shorthanded, and Seattle has to be really frustrated because you had an opportunity. And give the Rams credit. They won a game that they needed to win. They should win. It was a home game. Uh, A couple of tough officiating calls went against Seattle as well. The truth is there was no postseason run that was going to happen. It was too much to expect. Really, you go back to when Russ was recovering from that early season finger injury. He was trying to keep the Seahawks afloat in one of the league's tougher divisions. And now come some pretty tough decisions because you got a 70-year-old coach in Pete Carroll. Russell Wilson, in his prime, still wants to add to that legacy, and he's not going to be doing that in Seattle. An incredible run together. And not many teams have a decade of consistent success and a Super Bowl title, two Super Bowl appearances, but eventually franchises are forced to change. And it appears the change is in the air in Seattle. I have spoken about this. It feels like almost on a weekly basis with Russ because people want to know. It feels like, you know, Russ came here. He wanted to let the football world know he was not happy. He was watching Mahomes and Brady in the Super Bowl and wondering, would he ever get back there? But I do think that you could see a scenario where, similar to what happened with the Lions and Matthew Stafford, that maybe Russ says to Seattle, hey, can you send me to the Giants? You're going to get draft picks in return. You guys can rebuild. You guys can do whatever you want. Draft the quarterback you want to draft. Whatever offense you want to run. If you want to keep Pete Carroll as your head coach. Because it feels like it's either Russ or Pete Carroll. I don't think that... They're going to, and they can say all the right things and nice things and verbal bouquets. But I feel like, you know, relationships come to an end. I remember the Lakers in the, uh, the latter part of Showtime, and they were tired of Pat Riley. 
It happens. The Bulls, they got tired. Phil Jackson, you just, okay, Phil. Hey, I got another book for you guys to read. Okay, Phil. You know, it happens. And maybe that's happened in Seattle. It was a great run. But that was a game that you thought if Seattle had anything left, that it was going to be on display. But give credit to the Rams, certainly Cooper Cup. Here is Sean McVay on his star wide receivers performance last night. I think he has an idea of how well he's playing, but he is truly one of the most humble, special players I've ever been around. And he doesn't need all the accolades. I mean, I think it's great he gets his first Pro Bowl recognition. I don't know how he's not going to be a first-team All-Pro player. I think he's a legitimate candidate for a lot of awards, but he is about our team. You know, he's interested in leading the right way, making the plays that, uh, you know, that are instrumental and vital to the outcomes of really our team's success. Nine catches. He has 122 for the season. He's 17 away from the NFL record. Two more touchdowns. Both came in the second half. Wide receivers normally don't rank when it comes to MVPs. You can look at Randy Moss with what he did. uh, Terrell Owens with what he did. But for the most part, I mean, even Michael Thomas with the Saints. I don't know where he finished in the MVP race that year. McLevin, maybe you could check that. But Cooper Cup has been as valuable to his team as just about anybody has. And I know it's it sounds strange to say that because we look at quarterbacks, and yes, they're more important because they're handling the football in every play. But what Cooper Cup does when he gets the football, he's as valuable as anybody. Is he a top five MVP candidate? I would say with what the Rams are doing, you get a new quarterback in Stafford. And yes, you do have a couple of really impactful defensive players. You lose Robert Woods. You lose Akers. You lose your starting running back. And he has, he has shown up just about every single week. And he's been healthy. If Jerry Rice doesn't win the MVP, then no receiver is going to win the MVP. Joe Montana would get the MVP, not Jerry Rice. But Cooper Cup has made Matthew Stafford better. Stafford makes some throws that Jared Goff wouldn't make. But Cooper Cup has been as valuable to his team. And it's tricky because there's a lot of semantics that go that goes on when it comes to describing Cooper Cup. Okay, he's not he doesn't look like your prototypical great receiver. Why? Because he's white. I don't know how the, some of these you know writers or analysts would have uh, written what they would have written about Steve Largent because Steve Largent was unbelievable. He was unguardable. And you watched him and you go, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. I think we look at Cooper Cup and you think, ah, that's a cute story. He's kind of like Julian Edelman, right? He's 6'2", 210. Uh, He didn't go to a big college, Eastern Washington. But there's something about him that he is in in big games, big moments. uh, You know, he plays really, really well. And these are impressive numbers that he has. But I, I think people are careful or trying to be careful in how they describe him because he's the most productive wide receiver this year. But then you'll get some analysts. He's not the best receiver or I wouldn't take him as the number one wide receiver. OK. Now, I'd probably take Devontae Adams, but Cooper Cup, if, if you said my consolation prize is Cooper Cup, I'm OK with that. Yeah, McLevin. All right, Michael Thomas won Offensive Player of the Year in 2019, but the MVP, remember, there are only 50 votes. Lamar got all 50 uh, votes. That's why Russell Wilson's never gotten a vote for MVP, because there's very few voters. Yes, Paulie. 
It, it is fun. You could find the word. I looked up some Cooper Cup definitions and descriptions. Scrappy, tough. And Devontae Adams is also 6'2", 210. They're both listed at the same height and weight, but those are not the words used. I know. And we talk about your measurables. That That's so important. Oh, man, he runs 4'3", 40. Okay, there are a lot of guys. You know, DK Metcalf is probably 10 times the athlete that Cooper Cup is. Who do you want? You're taking Cooper Cup. Chris Carter is a Hall of Famer. He didn't run by anybody, but he knew how to play football. And it, and we get into these dangerous territories where you go, well, that guy's not very fast. Jerry Rice, he wasn't that fast. You, you just, Larry Fitzgerald wasn't that fast. Not at all. No one ever said, man, Larry can run. Never said that. No one said that about Chris Carter. John Ross was drafted by the Bengals. I think that was a top five pick out of Washington. He could run really fast. Couldn't catch. You see this with a lot of receivers. It's, are you willing to make the tough catch? Are you willing to go over the middle? Uh, Cooper Cup, and he's been injury prone. Uh, but this season, it's a magical season. And I know it's pass happy and these these numbers are inflated. But what he's done, how he's done it, and in this year with all this pressure on the Rams, they're all in. But Cooper Cup has been their go-to guy. And you know he's the go-to guy. And losing Robert Woods was a big loss for this offense. And you would think, okay, they got Odell Beckham, and OBJ is a complimentary player to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is the go-to guy. But I don't know if he's going to get the recognition he probably deserves because we do side with guys who get sacks and guys who throw touchdowns. Yeah, McLevin. One fast guy. I'm curious if you'd take Tyreek Hill over Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. Oh. I don't know if he's a great receiver. I just think he's an unbelievable big play guy. You can't cover him. Um, I would take Devontae Adams over all of them. But I, I, I would probably lean towards Ty. I don't like Tyreek Hill, you know, but I do like what he does on the football field. So I'd probably look at Tyreek Hill. And then I'd have Cooper Cup. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of great receivers. You know, Justin Jefferson, Diggs, you know, Jamar Chase. There's a lot of these guys. This is a magical season for a team that desperately needs him to be great every single game. And he has been. You know, he could end up with, you know, 150 catchers or so, depending on how much they're going to go to him here in the latter part of the season. Yes, he is there a difference, though, between the best wide receiver and the wide receiver having the best season? Well, I think that's how they're positioning it. And I, and I do think that's fair to say he is having the best year, but is he the best receiver? Um, he's, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't look at him as the best receiver, but he is having the best year. But I think he's more valuable to his team than Devontae Adams is. Because I don't think that offense... Is it's that offense isn't as good as it was with Jared Goff. And it feels like they're one dimensional. You're throwing it to Cooper Cup. Green Bay's got two really good running backs. They they and and they have a complimentary group of wide receivers there. 
and I, I hate to denigrate somebody, but, I, you know, just, you know, splitting hairs here, as we like to say. Yes, McLevin. You know, the quarterback has a lot to do with it. DK Metcalf, not that he's as good as Cooper Cup, but part of the reason his season has fallen apart is because Russell was hurt. Yeah, but I don't think he's lived up to the, you know, the post-combine hype. Like, he makes great plays. We get caught up in athleticism. And there are guys who play in all sports where you go, I don't know how he does it. And Cooper Cup is one of those players. Is he going to be off the charts athleticism-wise? No. But football athleticism, it's like Jerry Rice had football speed. I don't remember Jerry getting caught. But, oh, my God, he ran a 4.640. If he came out now and ran a 4.640, he's not a first-round draft pick. Yeah, Paul. The projections for the, they're on pace for, DK Metcalf is on pace for 70 catches. Mm. Uh, Cooper Cup's on pace for 140. Here's Matthew Stafford on Cooper Cup. He's a great player. He's having a fantastic season. He's um, such a huge part of what we do as a team. You know, not only on offense, he's back there catching a bunch of punch for us on special teams. Does a great job leading that group. Happy that I get the chance to play with a guy like that. Um, I know a lot of guys on our team feel the same way. We all take a hand in his success, and you know, we're just proud of him. Proud of him watching him doing his thing. Rams handled the Seahawks. The Eagles are still alive. They beat Washington, and they can run the football. You have a couple of bowl games. You have one bowl game. Mizzou at Army, the Armed Forces Bowl. All right. I'm good with that. Army's almost always in that bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. There's always a, a military yeah. school in that Armed Forces bowl Coast Guard game. never makes it. Yes, Todd. And they're selling it as no monkeying around. Okay. I know. I gave it a shot. The head coach. Jeff Munkin, Army head coach. That's a deep cut even for me. I'm an Army Missouri fan. Army, no monkeying around. Yeah. If we were in album rock, <laughs> that would be a deep cut. That would be like the the fifth best song. Some things are better left unsaid. Yeah, that's like true. that. What I just said. Now, do you shut down or do no, you rally? I'll rally? I think I'm going to rally. You're going to rally. I may have a limerick off of one of the games last night. We'll rally. Okay. Yes, Paulie. Be careful, Dan, because we are a day and a half before Christmas break, and Fritzy has six guests lined up in the next two days. That yeah. could cause Watch some craziness. Out. Yeah. One that he's been teasing for over oh a month. Oh my God! <laughs> every I oversold it, but I'm excited. Every time I walk by his desk during a commercial break, hey, you know, big guest Thursday, eleven twenty Eastern. I actually stuck my foot out and almost tripped you to get your attention. <laughs> and I said, Todd, I how about I wait? You know, and like we usually do, or at least I usually do. It's been oversold, and then you know, it could I'm the one. I always tell you. You book them, I have to make magic. You do. Yeah. The argument can be made that it's much more important yes, the actual it is. interview process than just lining up the guests. That can definitely be made. There are a lot of people who get food delivered. It's who's cooking the food. Very well said. Thank you, Todd. It's very well said. Yeah. Very accurate. So it's kind of like Gordon Ramsay with a master class. Unlimited access to online classes from the world's best. That's a segue. That will win you a sports MVP. That right was there. very strong. Thank you, you Todd. Now you can give one annual Masterclass membership. Get one free at masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms do apply. We'll take a break. We will uh, recap last night with Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk. And feels like Aaron Rodgers is your MVP right now. And then you look at the Buccaneers with all those injuries. Will they win those last three games? Probably should. But is that going to be enough? It might be Aaron Rodgers sneaking in to win the MVP. We'll take a break. We'll talk with Chris Sims. We'll recap what LeBron had to say after yet another loss last night. And, oh, my God, he walked in with a cigar. 
People remember Michael Jordan used to do this before playoff games? Mm, Maybe they don't. Take a break. We're back after this. Dan Patrick Show. Uh, You get finished lifting weights, uh, golfing, running around, even before you do it. You know, you can be proactive. You can be uh, preemptive where you go. You know, I'm going to put the Level Select CBD Sports Cream Roll-On on these uh, sore spots or the spots I know are going to be sore. Carson Palmer, Ricky Fowler, Steve Garvey, they use it. Good enough for them, good enough for me. I trust Level Select CBD because it's formulated with doctors. High concentration of CBD allows me to feel it work immediately, and I know it's made with 0% THC. Today, it's all about sore muscles, post-workout discomfort popping up in new spots all the time. Now you can fight back. Level Select sports creams and roll-ons. Put it right on the sore spot. Let that proprietary blend of CBD go to work. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DP30, $30 off your entire order today. $30 off LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DP30. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Sunday night on NBC and Peacock, Washington football team goes to Dallas to take on Dak Prescott and the Cowboys NFC East showdown Sunday, 7 Eastern, NBC and Peacock. We're looking at 40-yard dash times for some of the great receivers of all time. Larry Fitzgerald was a 4.63, Jerry Rice a 4.71, Chris Carter a 4.63, Anquan Bolden 4.7, and Chad Johnson 4.57. Uh, who else is in here? Heinz Ward, a 4-5. Brandon Marshall, a 4-5. Des Bryant, a 4-5. So we get caught up in those measurables. Man, they could be dangerous because you can talk yourself into some player. And I mentioned John Ross. I mean, John Ross, one of the fastest players who's ever played in the NFL. Didn't mean anything. They had great speed. It was just, man, that guy's wide open. That guy who can't catch, he's wide open. Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, NBC Sports, NFL analyst. Let's uh, start where we left off with Cooper Cup. Value-wise, not talking about, you know, Devontae Adams' talent or DeAndre Hobbs, you know, any of that. Just value to his team. Where does Cooper Cup rank this year, in your opinion? Well, it, it's up there. First off, like, the, the talent thing's real. Like, people got to stop short, shortchanging the guy. You know, what about the talent's not real? How many how many 50-yard catches do we have to see him run by everybody where we go, you know what, he is fast. <laughs> I mean, I know he's white and he ran a 4-6 in the combine, but he's fast. Like, I mean, you know, but he, he legitimately is. And you made a great point there with some of the names you talked about. You know, again, not everybody is great or was taught the right way to run the 40. That's more times or not what happens to those guys. Now, value to the team, Dan, you know, as far as non-quarterbacks are concerned, yeah, it's up there with, you know, I think a Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Jonathan Taylor. You know, I think you put it in that list right there. I'd go, those are probably the three most non-important you know, quarterbacks in football, really. And, of course, come from that, you know, Shanahan coaching tree where they know how to feature a guy. But he can do everything. You know, I don't know. Have you ever met Cooper Cup or seen him in person, Dan? No. He's bigger than you think, you know, he really is. He's 6'1", six, 6'2"-ish, six, you know, and of course, yes, the, the quickness is real. The, the smarts and evaluating coverage and all that are really good, but the talent's real too. 
It is, and and they know how to uh, you know get it all out of them. That's for sure. But I want quickness over speed. Yeah, I hear you. At every position, like I I want my running back to be quick to get to the hole. I want my lineman to be able to be quick to to get out in space. Or my wide right, receivers. Yeah. I love quickness. Speed can take a while. And what do you do with that speed? Quickness, right. I can so use. So you're that. talking about yeah, yeah. You're talking about like acceleration, right? Like you know, you want you want more acceleration too out of that. Quickness important certainly. Acceleration is probably the most important thing you can talk about at times. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Hey, you can get also though like a guy like where I know I misevaluated coming out in the draft, and I always kind of call this like the Peter Wark syndrome a little bit, like the Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? He's very quick, you know. But there is a speed element that misses to mm. where, hey, he makes a guy miss, he makes a guy miss, but the first guy he made miss already caught him from behind to tackle him because he's not fast enough. Mm. But, yeah, there has to be a certain blend, and I agree with you, more times than not, you know, that acceleration quickness factor is probably more important than anything. You say goodbye to the Seattle Seahawks uh, playoff hopes here as if they had any real hopes there, but are we also saying goodbye to the partnership of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson? It seems that, and again, I have no inside info here or anything like that. I'm not trying to break news, but it, you know, again, I think you just, you know, look at the, you know, read between the lines, whatever the writing on the wall. Uh, it seems that way when you couple that together, what Russell said to you last year after the Super Bowl in the offseason. I know people close to the situation who also believe that's very much on his radar. How could he how could he be content with what's going on there right now? That's all I can say. I mean, either he gets out of there or he stays and maybe Pete Carroll is out of there or maybe Pete finally makes an adjustment and says, OK, hey, I'll, I'll get an offense and run an offense that you really want to run. But, you know, again, he's not playing his best football. I know that. But how many plays did we watch last night where I, I think I've had fun with you before? You know, yeah, you go straight, you go straight, and you go straight down the middle. There's <laughs> there's lack of creativity. There's lack of easy ways to get the ball into their playmakers' hands. There's issues with that offense, and I can't imagine that Russell Wilson's happy with the style of play in which they're playing with right now or even towards the end of last year. Could you see the Giants actually going all in on Russell Wilson? Because that's a I, rebuild here. You you know, I Saquon know. Barkley. You, you got some receivers. Like you have yes. some guys who are, can be good, but right? Are you are you moving on from Daniel Jones? Are you going to move on from Saquon? You got to bolster the offensive line. Like if I'm Russ, I'm going to yeah, go. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Now I'm going into that situation. I know. Yeah, there there's probably better situations. Now it is New York, and you know I think there's there is a thought out there that you know he and his wife would love to be in that big market, but. Yeah, you're going to have offensive line issues. You talk about it. It's, it's, there's a lot of ifs there with New York right now. Other thing I would go is, you know, I guess I'd have to see New York actually go that route of type of quarterback. You know, they have a little bit of the, the Giants. Bill Parcells have that Belichick belief. They kind of want that traditional pocket passer quarterback. Even when I worked in New England, it really there was a a checklist as far as what you wanted at the quarterback position, as far as size and all the attributes to go along with it. So I'm not sure if I think that's a match made in heaven hmm. on either side. There, you know, Dolphins are certainly one of those. I'd still throw in the mix. The Broncos, as we've talked about, they're going to be in quarterbackville at the end of the year that'd be one that I would intrigue me if I'm a quarterback they got the receivers the offensive line certainly got better this year they got a pretty good running back I mean that would be another one that jumps out but I don't know that Giants one I guess I got you know questions about that one Dan how good are the Rams 
Or how I, I about this? How dangerous right. are the Rams? They're dangerous as hell. I don't know how good they are. I don't know if they've played their best football as of yet. You know, you you saw the game last night. Good, not great. You know, there's just a a Super Bowl polish that's missing from them right now. You know, again, I know they've won three in a row and they've righted the ship to a degree there. Uh, it was good to see their stars pop once again on a big stage last night, the defense and offense. But you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I look at them and go, I know they're a playoff team. I know they're capable of winning a game. Maybe two. Maybe they are. Uh, but but there's something missing about me thinking they're a legit going to win the Super Bowl or in that short list of Super Bowl teams right now. I guess I'd like to see the defense a hair more dominant and the offense just be a hair more consistent. I look at it and go, okay, yeah, they beat the Jaguars. They should have. Arizona, great win. I get it. But I think we could both sit here and go, eh, Arizona served some things up on a silver plate for them to kind of help them win that game. And then last night's ugly. So I, I guess I'm kind of waiting to see uh, what they can kind of grow into here down the stretch and, and what they can make themselves uh, as the playoffs start. But are they similar to Dallas that you have two really good defensive players on both of those teams? And then you have offenses with offensive minded head coaches, uh, you know, wanting to pass the ball, although they have a better running game with two running backs in Dallas. But uh, are there parallels between those two? I, there, there is a little bit. It's, it, it is star oriented. There's no doubt. You know, I do think, like you said, Dallas has the capability to run the ball a little bit better, which translates to football, you know, but also where, where I'll say, and again, I, I even dropped the ball on this a little bit as the season went on here, you know, you just, you forget how talented that Dallas defensive line is when they're totally healthy and how deep they are. That's the thing that they have over the Rams too. The Rams do not have that type of depth. They have to rely on guys playing a lot of snaps. Dallas, you know, they're a legitimate eight deep on the defensive line and they can rotate and give you a lot of different combinations, let alone they can make Michael Parsons a defensive lineman at times too. To me with Dallas and that defensive line, it kind of puts them, okay, I'm going to say a notch above maybe the Rams in my eyes right now, even though I got questions about Dallas's offense is too simple, Dan. That's what I would tell you. You know, they're just the passing game simple. People want to know what's wrong with Dak. You know, again, I, he spoiled us because he was amazing early on. He's definitely not playing as hot as he was or as good as he was. Wait, explain that. But I also that. look at it. Why is it yeah. simple? Well, the, the schemes themselves are simple, and they can get away with it you know, when the run game is really working and then that invites some basic coverages. Hey, we got to stop the run. And now they got the one-on-one -on -one playmakers to make plays happen against those simple defenses. But, you know, the run game's been spotty over the last five or six weeks. So I think you couple that with Pre Prescott not being totally on his game. And now teams are going, whoa, wait, we don't have to put all our eggs into stopping the run. We can play some coverage stuff. You know, I, I watch film with them every week, and there's just too many plays where I go, uh, the defense, they, dr they dropped. They were all over this play. They knew what was coming. They played a zone defense. There's three receivers over here, and they, could, they concocted a defense where everybody dropped right in that area where they wanted to attack. Those are the signals I start to see when I go, it's a little too simple. Defenses have caught on to kind of what you're doing here as the season went along. Talking to Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host with Mike Florio. I thought if Brady had a good performance and the Buccaneers beat the Saints, he was going to win the MVP. He had one of his worst performances, gets shut out. Now you look at all the injuries there and yeah. feels like, 
Aaron Rodgers is the leading candidate for the MVP. What do you think? I, 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 that's what I believe. Now, and again, I'm not like, I, I really was saying this for the last three weeks, even before this, this, you know, Saints game and the debacle by the Bucks offense to a degree. I don't think there's a, a, a player in football that's more important to their offense right now than Aaron Rodgers. Again, there's some good players there, we know. But we, we, we can't even decide on who the second receiver is. Who is it? I don't know. Is it Valdez Scanling? Is it Lazard? You know, was it Randall Cobb? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he just... He's he's on fire. He's playing unbelievable football. And, you know, again, with Brady, hey, I know that's a good Saints defense. But, you know, uh, what I would look at a little bit is the Bills game, being up the way they were. They let the Bills back in. Brady kind of dropped the ball about three or four series in a row where he had some open receivers to kind of put the game away. And then you see the other night again. I know Brady's awesome, but you see the inability to create anything off schedule and nights like that. And us, I would, I would put, you know, Rogers in the lead right now for, for my money. I watched the Eagles Washington game last night, at least a portion of it. I'm fascinated yeah. with Jalen hurts. I, I, yeah. I don't know. He's a weapon. I don't know if he's a great quarterback. Right. And, and, and that's, it's tricky because you have three first round draft picks. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be in on any of the quarterbacking sweepstakes, but can you build around Jalen Hurts long-term? I certainly questioned that before the year. I would have been one that would have told you no. Like, no, that's not going to happen. You know, he just is too unpolished passing the football, like you said. You know, and, and I feel like there was a time there early in the year where they were doing the, you know, the round peg into the square hole thing. You know, it, it, hey, Nick Sirianni coming from the Colts and having some history, you know, with the Chargers out there. I felt like they were trying to make Jalen Hurts like Phillip Rivers in that offense. He's not that. You know, what they have done is they evaluated their team to what you're talking about and said, wait, we have this unbelievable offensive line, one of the best offensive lines in football, if not the best. And we got a quarterback who can run and do special things that way. Why don't we start to play around those strengths? And that, to me, is when hmm. they caught fire. And I, I don't know, you know, I said today on Pro Football Talk to Florio, I'm kind of getting to the point now where he's played enough and I've seen enough to where I'm going to go, go for it. I think he might be enough to where you go. He is the future. We just got to go all in kind of Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens style. Maybe get one more receiver to, hey, speed sweeps and fake this and fake that. And you got Devontae Smith and Rieger and a good tight end. Maybe another running back to the mix to round out the, the stable of RBs there. But I do think you can do it. And they're dangerous, Dan. Like, I, I wouldn't want to see Philadelphia in the playoffs with that running game, chewing up a clock. Now you know your offense feels the pressure of, oh, gosh, we got to make something happen. They go three and out. They chew up the clock again. You know, they can be a real pain for somebody if they do get in. And I'm kind of hoping they do because I think they are one of the seven best in the NFC. I'll leave this uh, with you. Tom Brady spoke out on his podcast with Jim Gray that he's talked to the NFL Players Association. He wants to talk to the competition committee about these hits, these lower body hits, these around the knees hits. Um, you can't hit them in the head. Even if you go up top, you could have a glancing. Bl- I mean, it. that's right. It, and, and I said this yesterday. They like to make it seem like baseball strike zone, you know, the knees yeah, to the armpits. Yeah. That's not what the strike zone is in baseball. It's, it's a circle around your belly button, and that's about it. And that's where, we're, that's where we are with football. How, how do you how, – how are you fair to defensive players here? 
of what and you you're can not. and can't do. Right. Yeah, you're right. It's not uh, the the whole sports become unfair to defensive players. You're not allowed to hit the quarterback hard anymore. You know, the horrible call we saw two nights ago with Conklin of the Vikings going down the middle of the field and he gets hit by Dion Bush, the play that Matt Nagy got the personal foul on. And I mean, he didn't, like you said, he hit him in the chest, but he does have a head connected to him and a helmet. And it, oh, maybe it grazed his helmet. Oh, no. Yes, it's, it's very tough. They've made it hard on these defensive football players. I don't know what they want them to do. Certainly wasn't a dirty hit by PJ Williams. I understand him going low and doing that for all the reasons you said you know and again this is where I want to go back to like we all know what we signed up for and every guy going over the middle would rather be hit in the head than they would in the knees and I wish they would just take that aspect away of like hey we'll still protect the head we don't want launching at the head but you know again within reasonable contact and you're aiming to hit the chest if the head barely hits the guy in the in the head okay we're not calling it, it wasn't aimed it wasn't a launch at the head to do that they got to find something because uh you know, like Brady is saying, you tear your ACL, that's that's a big injury for a wide receiver who's, you know, in the middle of his career. Yeah, and it's unfortunate he's on the last year of his contract. And yes. it, but but I've, if I'm a defensive player and I'm trying to tackle Gronk, am I going up high? No. I gotta go down low. And and it's unfortunate that play. It, it is. Uh, it is. But but I if I'm a defensive player, I don't know how how would Ronnie Lott play today? I know he'd be he'd go crazy. I mean, again, we've taken away, you know, one of the great factors for a team that's built around defense. And that's the fear factor. You want to throw the ball over the middle? You're going to get your head knocked off. You're going to hold the ball in the pocket. We're going to knock your head off. And I don't mean that, you know, to the literal term, but you know what I'm saying? Physicality is what made some of the great defenses great in the history of the sport. I mean, my dad's Giants of 86 or the Bears of 85 or the Broncos of 2015, they wouldn't be the same if, you know, some of these rules were just egregiously in place right now. So, yes, it's a really tough spot. And I think they call way too many of these penalties uh, on defense defensive players right now you're way too young to be a get off my lawn guy i know i know but i am because i'm i'm young but i'm an old soul as far uh, as football is concerned mm. and i've watched too many nfl films and watched my dad's old games to go come on like i i want to protect players i get that but we've gotten to the point where if a fingernail hits a quarterback, we throw the penalty flag. You know, it's just it's gotten ridiculous here. And to me, you're you're severely handicapping some of the the better defenses in football with the way the game's getting called right now. Yeah, I could. Uh, we need to change. It's like instant replay is not instant. It's just replay and roughing yeah. the passer. Not every passer gets roughed. Right. <laughs> but, but you know, grazing the passer, you know. But. Nothing. We've called it nothing the passer is the phrase <laughs> I started to use uh, a few weeks ago on PFT. It's called nothing the passer where you just go, what? <laughs> like, he just got hit hard. Where that's not roughing the passer, yeah. you know. And again, just too much bad offense being rewarded. Oh, quarterback throws the ball into triple coverage down the middle of the field. Receiver gets hit. It's a penalty and a pass interference no it was a horrible decision by the quarterback I mean again we're going to reward hey, the left tackle misses a block oh you hit the quarterback too hard first down offense we don't care that you were horrible in pass protection that's what I don't like that that's to me where it's too uh subjective and too much in the referee's hands right now thank you Chris you the man Dan Merry say Christmas. hi to those Merry Christmas to all those jerks over there too all right 
Uh, McLovin is leaving tomorrow. Tomorrow's his last show. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I'll act like I like McLovin for today, then. I'm, I'm sorry to see him go because I love him a lot. He's a good dude. They're all good dudes, but you know what I mean. They're jerks and they're good dudes. It's, it's the same thing. Thank you, Chris. See you, McLovin. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. They're jerks and they're good dudes. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, he, he was <laughs> overcome with emotion there that McLovin was leaving. I think. Yes, Paulie. How do you contain his uh, thoughts? I know. It's tough. Thoughts. I love nothing the passer, though. That's great. Nothing the passer. Yeah. 15 yards, nothing the passer. That's so good. <laughs> Take a break. We got phone calls coming up and our play of the day. We'll settle on a poll question as well. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play. The play is called play. Of the day. Check this out. Three by two. Trips to his left. That's where he looks initially. Gets through it. Drives the ball down the right seat. Cooper Cup has the catch. Middle of the field at the 10. Five. Touchdown. L.A. Cooper Cup with his second touchdown of the second half. And the Rams are back on the high side. That's courtesy of the Rams Radio Network. Cup has 14 touchdown receptions. Three behind the Rams' 70-year-old franchise record of 17 set by Elroy, Crazy Legs, Hirsch. Well, let's factor in that he played in only 12 games in 1951. He also averaged 23 yards a catch. So I know we don't care about records in the NFL anymore. I mean, it feels like Tom Brady has every passing record and Jerry Rice has you know every receiving record and even single season records. Now they're going to 17 games. Doesn't matter. I don't think anybody gets caught up in, in numbers when it comes to, or stats when it comes to the NFL. And, and, you know, it's not fair to those who did it in a 12-game schedule or 14-game schedule. Now you have 17, but that's your play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by M-Dry Fight Back Against the Clock. Supplement for Driven Guys supports healthy testosterone production, boost energy and strength. Visit mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Get M Drive. Andrea in New Jersey leads us off. Hi, Andrea. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Long time listener, fourth time caller. Five ten one seventy. All right. Uh, shout out to Chat Row and our awesome leader Tyler, as well as all the rest of the BRGs. Okay. Um, on behalf of Chat Row, we want to wish Andrew the best of luck. He will be missed by all of us, mm. and we are pulling for you, Andrew. And we know you're going to do great. On a personal note, Andrew and Seton were always my one A and one B when it came to favorite Danettes. Mm. So with Andrew leaving. That means Seton officially holds the top spot, and Fritzel officially moves to the second spot. 
Wow. <laughs> Paul anti, stays in last. A, Anti-Paulie sentiment. <laughs> I'm not even third. I, I'm like fifth. No, you're it. third, Paulie. We love, I love you, too. You're good. Yeah, you know, it's okay. Right. You're good. You keep everybody in line. That's important. All right. Well, thank you, Andrea. And, and uh, McLovin thanks you as well. Thank you, Andrea. <laughs> yeah, the, the the story wasn't who's now first, it's who's still last. Yeah, Paulie. Fritzy, then Penny the dog, then the guy in the parking lot who's... You know. Ben in Minnesota. Hi, Ben. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Ben. Uh, back to uh, back to work, six one two twenty five. All right. I'd like to thank you guys for helping me get through a year of rehab with my ankle uh, reconstruction and my knee replacement. You guys make me laugh every day, I swear. And I've got a late best of the weekend for NDSU getting back to the championship game again. Yep. And we're still celebrating Winnipeg winning the back-to-back CFL championships. Of course. And one last thing, I'd like to thank McLevin for all his good laughs we've had through the years with him, and we'll miss him. And good luck with his new show and stuff, everything. So, thanks. Thanks, Ben. Yes, McLevin. You ever notice there's no rhyme or reason to who a caller's favorite Danette is? Women tend to sympathize with the back row a little bit. I think we have a slight edge. They feel bad for us. Well, I think women think that I pick on Todd too much. Yeah. And I do. But it's it's tough love. You know, guys are soft nowadays. You know, back in my days, you could get yelled at, you know. But callers come in and you never know who they're going to say. There are a lot of Pauliites don't really call in, but they're out there on Twitter. No, not necessarily. Uh, I don't think there's a whole bunch of people on hold saying they love me. Well, and I'm over it already. Paulie, if you say you're leaving, then we'll find, we can put that to the test. Yeah. All right. I'll see if we get eight callers. I'd rather be feared than loved. Yeah. But you notice we've had more women callers in the last week about this topic. Well, I think the back row brings in the ladies. I think that's really what I think we can be honest here. <laughs> it's really about that back row, the you, charisma. Oh, I, I thought you hired us for our looks back here. I thought that was the uh, game plan. And, Obviously uh, not. And apparently that, that's the reason why I hired you. I mean, look at Todd when he was you know 20 years of age. Nice run 30 plus years ago. Yeah, but you had a run. Like, I never had that moment. Where I'm like, all right, damn, look pretty good. You had that moment. And I can tell you, it wasn't genetics. I, I'm proud to say I worked pretty hard on that. It's, uh, that's not something that I had a long line of people that were all fit in my, in my household. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. What's the poll question we're going with, McLevin? Uh, we have a quarterback poll question. If you, could, if you could build a team around one of these quarterbacks, all in the same sort of genre, Jalen Hurts, Zach Wilson, genre. Justin Fields, genre. Uh, and there's a push to put Bryce Young on there. So you could get a young quarterback who you're not sure about to build around. I don't know if you'd want to put no, Bryce I don't want to put Bryce in there. All right, there. we'll take him out of there. But the young quarterbacks, the first or second year guys, Jalen Hurts, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, I guess you could put on. Mm. Uh, not putting Trevor Lawrence on. How about on. this? If you could vote to permanently add Tuesday night football, would you be all in or say, no, that's too much football? How about that? I'd be curious about that. Tuesday night football. It's nice. Although people realized, and we tried to give you a heads up yesterday, you're only getting one game last night. So you're tuning in. You go, wait a minute. I want the Rams in Seattle. Or vice versa. Jeff Van Gundy will join us. Christmas night, Jeff will be part of the Mothership's coverage of Lakers and the Nets.
I have no idea what kind of product you're going to see. <laughs> Certainly who's playing, who's not. And are the Lakers going to make the playoffs? Is it a given they're going to make the playoffs? Playoffs. Jeff Van Gundy coming up. More phone calls as well. One more item. We close out our one, a gift that you can give to yourself. I'll explain. It's Masterclass, offering exclusive classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. Usually about 20 lessons per class, 10 minutes per lesson, and you do it when you want to do it. Lessons are available anytime, anywhere on your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, or you can just listen with the audio mode. Each class is supported by downloadable materials, workbooks, uh, exercises, recipes, depending on what you sign up for. You want to sing like Mariah Carey? Well, you can try. She'll help you. You want to learn about cooking? Gordon Ramsay can help you. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, maybe you got a new hobby waiting for you. This holiday, you give one annual membership, and then you get one free. Nobody has to know about it. You give it to them. They go, oh, my God, Masterclass, even though you got one as well. Masterclass.com slash Patrick. You can find all the classes, including new additions, on Masterclass.com. Terms apply.